0: This is a warning to those tuning in to Conjuring Curiosities. This podcast might contain graphic explanations of death and disease, incidents of violence, discussions of injury in extreme depth, infant mortality, and possible mention of other topics and practices throughout the Victorian era that might unsettle, disturb, or possibly harm you and your mental health. If you think yourself steadfast enough, then get comfortable. And thank you for tuning in.
1: Welcome to Conjuring Curiosities, a podcast that delves into the weirdest and most macabre history of the Victorian era. My name is Clara Herbert. And I'm Sabrina, the modern day witch. Thanks for tuning into our second episode. We recorded the first episode before my Christmas trip, but we're recording this second episode in the new year. How was your holiday, Sabrina?
0: (laughs) Oh, it was great. Well, I did a lot of spell work for a lot of clients. Uh, Christmas Eve was insane, because I had like four clients reach out to me saying, hey girl, last minute, can I just ask a few questions? I'm like, oh, for sure. Like, I don't ever mind. But I was just like, I was so busy on uh, Christmas Eve because I also worked like my retail job too. So kind of insane, but so worth it. It was really good.
1: I'm glad you had a good Christmas, even if it was crazy. My fiance's mother and stepdad live in Guanajuato, Mexico. So this past Christmas, me, my fiance, Adrian, and my parents all went down to spend the holiday with them we went to Guanajuato City's most famous attraction, which inspired this episode's topic. Can you guess what I'm covering
0: today, Sabrina? Let me guess. It has nothing to do with dead people. (laughs) You're correct, yeah. (laughs) I was like, the tombs or whatever? Or the graveyard? Kind of. Okay, 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 I'm feeling it. Mummies. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Adrian and I were the only ones brave enough to check out Museo de las momias de Guanajuato. Wait, now I gotta say that again because I fucked it up. Please don't. (laughs) Museo de las momias de Guanajuato. I'm not gonna like put a crazy accent on it. I'm not that kind of white person, okay? (laughs) I was
0: like,
1: it kind of sounded like that. Mummies may be something we commonly associate with the ancient Egyptians, but they were very popular in the Victorian times for multiple reasons. I will get to those reasons in a minute, but first I'm going to explain the history of the Mummy Museum in Guanajuato. The mummies first became an attraction in the late 1800s, so that does put us in the Victorian era. By the way, I don't think we clarified in the first episode, but the Victorian era was from 1837 to 1901. Do you know why that is the
0: Victorian era or why it's called the Victorian era, Sabrina? (laughs) Did I cheat my way through history class? Uh, no, I do not, I do not know why.
1: (laughs) So when we refer to eras such as the Elizabethan era, the Victorian era, or the Edwardian era, we are referring to the English monarch that was ruling at the time. The Victorian era was when Queen Victoria ruled, And as I mentioned, that was 1837 to 1901. She had a very long reign. It seems queens last much longer than kings. The Edwardian era, in contrast, was only really a decade. King Edward ruled from 1901 to 1910. But the Edwardian era is sometimes considered to have continued until the beginning or the end of the First World War, depending on who you ask. So either 1914 or 1919.
0: Yep. Hey, yo, yo, wait, when did she, when did she really run? Or wait, wait, what's... <laughs> so that was, King Edward was only
1: for like nine years ruling, but then they were like, well, shit, Victoria was ruling for like Oh, I'm not good with math. It was, like, 60 years or something like that. So the Victorian era was, like, 60, 70 years, whatever. And then um, King Edward was only, like, a decade. So to say, like, the Victorian era is, like, a huge amount of time compared to the Edwardian era, right?
0: Long live the queen. Literally, though, like, queens lived way longer. We're women. We have shit to do. (laughs)
1: Right? And we're not, we don't want to fucking go out and battle. We're doing our, you know, we're doing stuff. (laughs) Yeah, so it was a very subjective way of referring to eras, so we don't really use it anymore, especially since the First World War was the start of the decline of Britain as a colonial and global power. But yeah, I think it's crazy, like, between the Edwardian era and when Queen Elizabeth, like, our, you know, the queen that was Elizabeth, the the queen that was Elizabeth in our time period, (laughs) the queen that was the queen in our lifetime, um, there was, like, four different, or three. It went, like... So there was like King Edward, Edwardian period, then it was George the Fifth Then it was Edward the Eighth, then it was George the Sixth, and then in nineteen fifty two it was Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> so they really didn't rule for that. And they kept going Edward George, Edward George. Like it's fucking <laughs>
0: Heck, or, Oh my god, I can't speak yet. Jackal Hyde <laughs> Pretty much.
1: So anyway, Mexican mummies. The history of the museum dates back to the early 1830s when a cholera outbreak spread across the region and led to the deaths of many people. The bodies of those who died were interred and placed in above ground crypts to avoid further spread of the disease. So that was, I did send you photos where we were in like a a mausoleum, like a cemetery, but most of the people were in the walls. Yeah. So they were put in those walls, um, essentially. That's
0: where people would be kept. It was just a different way. it's more environmentally friendly honestly (laughs) and then plus like the the graves won't go unmarked because like obviously the the ground shifts over time so like graves from millions of years ago or not millions of years ago but like hundreds of years ago are not actually they're not actually under those graves anymore because like the ground completely shifted so i mean keeping them in a wall sounds smarter in my opinion to be honest
1: i think it's also like the above ground um Graze as well. Like there's the ones in the wells, but then also in the center, there's like some people that are like on the like on the ground. They're not in the ground. There's like a you know cement whatever or like a pretty container for them. And I believe because um, Mexico was colonized for Spain for like a while, so you know there's a big influence there, obviously. And same thing with New Orleans. Like when I went to New Orleans, it was the same kind of cemeteries. And I believe it's because from what I remember from the tour in. Spain, and maybe also conveniently in these areas that we're talking about, it was just so, like, the ground was, like, more wet or something. So if they had buried people in the ground, they would have just, like, come back up after a while. (laughs) Resurrect. So You see a hand pop up. (laughs) So it was, like, not a good option to put them in the ground, even if they wanted to, right? So I think that's... So, yeah, Spanish influence, whatever you want to call it, it wasn't a good idea to put people in the ground in one location, and then it became, like, a tradition where people just didn't put people in the ground, whether or not the climate allowed for it or not. I don't know. So, starting in 1865, the government introduced an annual burial tax that family members had to pay to keep their loved ones in the crypts, as the cemetery was filling up. So, if they couldn't pay, the bodies were removed from the crypts and stored in a nearby warehouse. Are you
0: being serious? Yes. They remove the bodies? Yeah. If they didn't pay the debt... Yeah. The dead didn't pay their debts, so they got moved to the warehouse. No, well, I'm just kidding, the people, obviously. Yeah, it's the,
1: the family members. If the family members didn't pay, or if they didn't they're have li-
0: family members. They're literally walking, breathing grim reapers. They're like, Nope, you didn't pay your toll. <laughs> I'm gonna take you to the warehouse. I mean, when
1: when Ew, you have look. a cemetery I mean, the cemetery hadn't even been around for that long. There was just like a lot of people dying at the time.
0: Oh my god. But when you
1: have a cemetery that's really old, it does become a problem, right, when there starts to be too
0: many like bodies it's filled but where are you gonna put the new dead bodies so they just let me just build a warehouse like what the fuck was it climate controlled was there formaldehyde There was nope no oh my biohazard (laughs) but that's i mean the
1: fact that they took them out is rude the fact that they like took them out is like disrespectful but sometimes like the similar thing where in the walls like i remember in new orleans if there was like a family crypt like this was your family you know, you have your one area where you put the dead bodies for your family, they would only let the person, let the person, they would only, the pe- the person would decompose for like a year or maybe a little bit more. And then they would open it back up and they would, there was like a chute at the back and they would push the decomposed remains to like fall down the chute because this was like a family, like for generations. So then, so then there was room for the next dead person oh
0: my fucking god that just reminded me of like the Grinch I know that this is like a Christmas preference, but like when they go down the garbage chute where oh, they literally go yeah. down the chute and all you see is yeah. like the decomposed body going do 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 like that fucking meme oh my god yeah so they literally would just push the dead body out make room for the next one like yeah I believe it had something to do with the so term gross.
1: bag of bones they um, would like get the whatever's like de- decomposed after a year or whatever and then they just put it in the bag. Like, talking mean, about least, bone throwing. <laughs> literally, at <laughs> least that person like knew that that's what was going to happen to them because that was their like family crypt so they, they know their like fate. it's fine they know that when grandma died they let her stay there for a little bit and then they pushed her back so they oh. knew when
0: they died that's what's gonna happen to them oh my god okay it's time to eat grandma <laughs> <laughs> like fuck that is the weirdest shit i can't yeah
1: i mean it's what you gotta figure out how to store bodies indefinitely <laughs> right <laughs> So yeah, if family members or if there weren't any family members that cared about the person couldn't pay the tax, then the bodies were removed from the crypts to make room and they were stored in a nearby warehouse. But due to Guanajuato's dry and hot climate, many of the bodies that were removed from crypts had naturally mummified and were very well preserved. What? Like it was completely by accident. They didn't mummify them in like a process. They just were it was so dry there it just they just mummified
0: they just shriveled up yeah oh
1: my yeah. god ew and some of them were very well preserved the local population was fascinated with these accidental mummies and curious people began sneaking into the warehouse to peek at them
0: <laughs> peekaboo oh my god <laughs> they're still dead
1: <laughs> just make sure making sure just making sure yeah it was just like fascinating they're just like word spread and tourists began paying a few pesos to the local cemetery workers to allow them to see the mummies
0: oh my god word spread so do disease like sorry
1: that's just so gross i mean yeah a lot of them were cholera victims but i don't think you can get cholera from a dead person so yeah, yeah. it's fine for decades the mummies were propped against the walls held up by ropes oh, oh, oh my god <laughs> sorry. sorry continue <laughs> yep just just you know keep them there uh uh-huh. some still wore their burial clothes high button shoes or tags indicating their names and death dates visitors could get as close as they wanted some tourists detached mummy parts as souvenirs
0: yo that's a good never mind (laughs) to cut that out i was gonna say that's a good schlong i'm about (laughs) oh that one's a little bit larger than my husband so i'm gonna just take that as a souvenir (laughs) okay i'm good there were
1: um i will say when we went through there was one mummy with like straight up well you could kind of see some of the privates for sure Oh. They were just, I mean, they were kind of shriveled up, but you could tell there was, like, something there, and then some of them had pubes. Like, they, they were pubes? that well-preserved that there was pubes and hair, and yeah. The human bodies appear to have been disinterred between 1870 and 1958, and some were only in their crypts as little as three years before being put on display.
0: Oh my god. Like, mummified? Yep. Within a three-year time period? Yep. It was so dry there. What the f- fuck. Yo, I thought Alberta was dry. (laughs) Imagine how much cream you'd have to put on over there. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. But at least it's like warm. So you're not like cold and dry. That's true. Let's move there.
1: Um, but yeah, I remember like I did, I assumed that these were all bodies from like the 1800s. And then I looked down at a plaque and it said they were put in the crypt in 1940 and they were taken out in 1946. So this was a man that was like, From the 40s, and he was a mummy in this museum.
0: Oh my god, that's crazy, dude. Okay, also, I have another question. So, let's say, so they're not buried in the ground, right? Okay, so witches back in the day, hexes and like jinxes and all that stuff, a lot of the time, or any baneful magic, you use graveyard dirt. I wonder what they used back then for that kind of stuff. And by the way, no, I don't do baneful stuff, but like, I know people that do. Like, my friend literally harvested some graveyard dirt the other day, and I was like, oh, my God.
1: It could be. That could be more of, like, a modern concept. What? (laughs) Maybe that's where the bones were going. All the witches were like, it's time to harvest the bones. (laughs) Uh, You're a little bit closer than you realize. Um, But... Oh, God. well maybe that was more in countries where they did bury people mm-hmm. um but also like wasn't there isn't there a thing about like crossroads can't you get dirt from a crossroad
0: yeah you can totally get dirt from a crossroad that's like i don't know a lot of witches do that and that's really associated with like hecate or hecate or hecate whatever you want to say but no that's just interesting actually because i'm just thinking well i guess they could like like chip off some of the stone from the grave or like take some of the flowers that were left or something like that and then pay their respects but i i probably am gonna tell you that they definitely took like (laughs) a few hairs or a
1: finger perhaps i don't know probably i mean i i really love how concerned you are for like 1800s witches and you know the supplies (laughs) that they could get they're like we're not getting burned now we have (laughs) bones of the dead i mean also like uh mexican culture i don't know if it's specifically influenced from spain or if it's just mexican but mexican culture is a lot more about embracing not embracing dead people or embracing death but like when a loved one dies you still go to their grave and talk to them and have lunch with them and you know decorate their grave there's a lot more like going into that um cemetery i'm forgetting the proper adrian what was the cemetery called The pan. Okay, so the the where I showed you, I'm calling it a cemetery, but that's not the correct term for it. It's called the Pantheon.
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, um, that's where the like the people were in the walls and that you know that kind of thing. It was so colorful because people decorate graves not just with flowers but with like flags and you know because there's like Dia de los Muertos. So, um, that had been a couple months ago. So even The influence of that was still there it's just very colorful people go there they use like um canned jalapeno cans to like you know they use that for like flowers it's it's just like it seems like people more often go to people's graves as opposed to in like western north american culture we kind of bury someone and maybe we go there like once a year but like we don't go there that often
0: yeah no i know that they celebrate the day of the dead there and like i would say a similar holiday that pagans and like especially like here all my friends celebrate Sáwin, which is uh the thinning of the veil and I know that they celebrate the thinning of the veil there during that time too so they honor the dead very well there yeah exactly. in comparison to here I say I would say
1: so I don't know if they need graveyard dirt but maybe they do <laughs>
0: yeah no maybe just take the can it's fine
1: <laughs> but the reason why I could not harvest any body parts for you <laughs> was because in 1969 the local government remodeled the museum placing the mummies behind temperature controlled glass cases. Oh okay. Yeah. Not ropes? No, no more ropes. <laughs> okay. I, I think actually maybe some of them were held up with wire but it didn't like look it didn't it didn't look like half ha, half half <laughs> half, hazard, <laughs> half half hazard. <laughs> it didn't look like like it looked like it was done I don't know well. Um <laughs> The museum is now one of the city's most popular tourist attractions with about 120 mummies, 59 of which are on display. Oh my god. Certain mummies have their own nicknames and backstories, whether they are factual or not is hard to tell. Despite their open mouths, which give them the name the Screaming Mummies, bodies (laughs) naturally became slack-jawed after rigor mortis, so it doesn't indicate that they were in any pain when they died. Although at least one mummy is rumored
0: to have been buried alive.
1: Oh, I wish I was there
0: not no not during the (laughs) not during that that particular moment but i mean like i wish i
1: see the yeah
0: yeah. i could have tried to figure that out that would have been cool
1: you can look up photos if you want um we didn't take i felt too weird taking photos yeah
0: no that's super disrespectful i'd get that
1: oh but people were (laughs) (laughs) probably the museum also advertises having the world's smallest mummy a seven month old fetus from a pregnant woman who fell victim to cholera
0: oh my god
1: it's like a little fetus mummy
0: yeah that's so sad can't wait hold on did she like so she died obviously
1: yeah while and, she was pregnant and they took it out of her she, yeah i believe she was buried with it like already out of her oh my god i think is what happened that's so sad yeah it's very sad so yeah that's like a big thing that they claim to have the world's smallest mummy again it's an accidental mummy like they didn't yeah preserve, preserve. Were, yeah. this fetus people have taken issue with the city government ferrying the fragile bodies to out-of-town conventions and, scandalously, displaying them in one of Guanajuato's underground tunnels during a car rally. (laughs) What the fuck? There's, like, a crazy- I'm not even gonna get into it, but long story short, there are tunnels there. It's a mining town, so people dug tunnels, and there's, like, less cars above ground. They So cars drive through the Did you send me a video of you in there? I did, yes.
0: Oh my god, yeah, that's so weird. Also, why are you trucking dead bodies around? Like, this isn't your... What? Yeah, they don't just keep them in the
1: museum, so people have some problems with it. But there's... Because there's these crazy tunnels that are very... Well, a lot of things are very narrow, though. The streets, everything. The tunnels are very narrow, and every year there's, like, a big race. And part of what they race through is the tunnels. Jesus. So they put... I don't know the exact details of, like, how they were displayed, but they at one point put the mummies in the tunnels during the car race. What? That is, that's, is—that's like, so
0: disrespectful. Yeah. Like, I do not agree with that.
1: Yeah. While some visitors have found the mummy displays to be offensive, other people in Guanajuato believe it is part of the Mexican culture of not fearing death and say it's a vital piece of the city's history. Like I said, I did not personally take any photos while we were in the museum, but I will put some from their website on our Instagram with a warning if anyone is curious to see. Speaking of humanity's fascination with looking at dead bodies, let's talk about the general interest in mummies in the Victorian era. So, from Victorian times to around the 1920s, people in Europe were obsessed with all things ancient Egyptian. The afterlife, mummies, you name it. The obsession was so prevalent, it was referred to as Egyptomania.
0: Oh my god. I would say that's really prevalent in today's spiritual community too. Everyone's it was obsessed whole, with Egyptian stuff.
1: It was a whole like other thing. It was like it was a whole thing. It was literally like a huge fad to be obsessed with mummies for like not just mummies but like ancient Egypt specifically for a while. Oh my god. Like a lot of Europeans went there and like just took a bunch of stuff took it back to Europe. <sighs> tale as old as time. A lot of uh, ancient Egyptian artifacts are not in Egypt because European people just
0: them they're like oh let's just go and uh take everything yeah they're like this is cool
1: what's this like sphinx has got a nose let's just take the nose like I don't, i'm kidding <laughs> oh my god oh it's like what the fuck you know this there's like a there's like a famous big sphinx that everybody's yeah. nose is gone i i don't i don't think they took the isn't nose, it but. oh what's that sphinx called the, the sphinx of egypt i don't know In fact, if you look at some of the older Singer sewing machines I have, Sabrina, the designs on them are actually very Egyptian. I believe the one in the china cabinet is from 1918 or so, something like that. I love that I had a chair there. I didn't mean for the dramatic reveal, but come, like, just come look at it for a sec.
0: Okay, there's definitely a sphinx, but there's also a pharaoh on it. Yeah, on my sewing machine. Yeah, and it's like, it looks like the design that were on the pillars and stuff. That's crazy. I did not know that.
1: Yeah, that's like that's just showing how prevalent
0: like people loved the aesthetic of ancient Egypt. Yeah, no, that's crazy because like I work with deities and stuff, but I don't necessarily work with Egyptian deities at all. But I do wear the Ankh a lot of the time. Do you know what that is? You wear the Ankh? Yeah, like No, an ankh, I don't know what that is. It's like a circle with a cross through it. Oh, okay. Here, I'll show you. Like um. It symbolizes eternal life circle with a cross through it no but the onk like i wear it for eternal life like when i was sick a lot or whatever i was like i'm gonna get that and it also represents like it looks like the womb space so like the circle oh cool i didn't know that i was
1: thinking of when you said circle with a cross through it i was thinking of the zodiac killer
0: (laughs) symbol oh my god it's like it's
1: like a target Looking symbol, it's not at all what you were talking about. No, it's a circle with a cross under it. It's that very Egyptian motif. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah,
0: yeah, because it's like represents like the womb, space, eternal life, and like, yeah, the fallopian tubes, the vaginal canal, the portal of life is what it symbolizes. Yeah, a lot of people said that it was like I don't know if that like you can fact check this because I don't know if I believe it, but they're like this was the original cross because it included. The womb, and then they took the womb away, and then it's just the cross. So it's not the woman and the male, but that's not true. But that, I I don't know. The spiritual community always says that.
1: I mean, I can certainly believe that. I won't say that that's for sure true. I don't know, but I could believe that for sure.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's like necessarily true, but I mean, it makes sense. It's like when women were, their rights were taken away, so they took the womb away. (laughs) Story of our life. Story of our life. (laughs) So during
1: this craze, archaeologists, or honestly just rich people sometimes, would go on archaeological digs and loot any and all artifacts they could bring back to the United Kingdom, or Europe, but mostly the United Kingdom probably, including the mummies. And then the Victorians were like, how should we learn from these mummies? Safely and ethically? No. How
0: about a mummy unwrapping party at my place? Oh my god. Hey girl, oh my god, I love that custom piece. Where did you get it? Oh, (laughs) the ground. (laughs) Like,
1: imagine... No, like a mummy, like from a mummy. I unwrapped a mummy, and here's I know
0: that's what I'm my saying. necklace. Yeah. They're like literally hanging instead of like fucking carpets of like animal skin and fur. It's like, oh, here's a human. <laughs> oh my god! Pretty much.
1: Now, the person who really made mummy unwrapping parties popular was an English surgeon named Thomas Pettigrew. Oh wait, this is real. Yes. Oh my god, I thought you were fucking around. No, there was
0: they a- really unwrapped them. Yes, at parties oh, for fun. Okay. Yep i was like oh that's a weird joke no (laughs)
1: oh my god sorry continue yeah no i i i can see how that sounded like it was a joke but it wasn't (laughs) (laughs)
0: you that's so fucked.
1: now the person who really made mummy unwrapping parties popular was an english surgeon named thomas Pettigrew. he did a lot of other notable science things including vaccinating queen victoria and wrote some books about mummies and ancient medicine but he's mostly remembered for making mummy unwrapping parties a thing
0: i've heard of Pettigrew.
1: Thomas Pettigrew? Yeah. Yeah, he did a lot of sciencey stuff. I'm sure in school, if you were learning about
0: scientists, he came up. Oh, I know. I forget what it was. I thought it was in maybe microbiology or something. Well, he vaccinated Queen Victoria. Okay, that's so weird. He
1: started off as an assistant for an archaeologist named Giovanni Belzoni, who did quite a lot of grave robbing. Who did quite a lot of grave Grave? Grave. (laughs) Who did quite a lot of grave robbing and looting... Sorry. Who did... (laughs) <laughs> but a we foiky quest. <laughs> <fucking thing>. wobby <laughs> Who did quite a lot of grave robbing and looting for the British. Known as the Great Belzoni, he was a former circus strongman turned archaeologist <laughs> So he was really extra with his showmanship when displaying artifacts. And I have no idea if he like actually went to school to be an archaeologist or he just as <laughs> a white man no. decided one day to be an archaeologist instead of working in the circus cuz they could just do that
0: then. I don't know. Imagine just waking up, oh, "You know, I'm just going to be a scientist or I'm just going to be an archaeologist. It's fine." Like, yep. "Oh my god, degree? Uh-huh, me." Yeah. <laughs> You know what would be good? I'm just going to be a doctor. Get over here. I'm going to cut you open. Yeah, let me just cut open your heart. Open heart surgery, it's fine. (laughs) Like, what the hell is wrong with them? The audacity was truly unparalleled. Um, Oh, man.
1: A lot of what he stole is still in the British Museum today. It's generally believed that the first unwrapping public event was when Belzoni unwrapped a cadaver for the Piccadilly Circus to an audience of thousands.
0: Yo, he's probably haunted as shit. Just saying probably yeah so fucked in 1821
1: pettigrew took belzoni's idea and ran with it he unwrapped a mummy in front of some fellow doctors for scientific research but by the 1830s he was doing it in front of crowds more interested in the shock factor than anything scientific (sighs) eventually he toned it down and kept the parties more private but other well-to-do victorians started to copy him
0: okay cool (laughs) of course they did that's so disrespectful like how could you just do that what if that was your family member did they even think about that I don't think people were really considering them to be actual,
1: like, dead bodies. Because they were, like, shriveled. They were dead for so long and they were, like, Ugh. somewhat unrecognizable, kind of. I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying, like, that was, the, that was the mentality at the time. That's so crazy. So, I bet you're dying to know what would one of these parties be like. From what I can tell, they would start as a regular dinner party, but with an Egyptian theme, decorations, that kind of thing so people were eating and chatting and then the lights dim and someone wheels in a sarcophagus (laughs) they'd crack open this thousands of years old tomb at a dinner party that was the main event oh
0: my god that's so dirty like you're gonna eat with all those fucking death particles floating around in the air well they ate first so that then
1: they wouldn't (laughs) feel sick after and then not be able to eat you got to eat you know so
0: i remember going to a funeral once and the casket was open and i thought that was enough like i couldn't even imagine opening a fucking tomb that's been closed for so long and then the smell and just like oh my god i almost threw up on this lady like for real i had no idea who she was my dad took me and i was like and then the husband was like oh touch her hand and then what? i i was so creeped out like i'm just thinking about like that's Se- a f- formative experience it was horrible and this lady was like super famous it was so weird there was like a fucking lineup for three hours to see the dead body did your dad know her or he might so he like ran for like i don't know some sort of something with the government back home and so he was like friends with him and he just got elected and everything but then his wife died like two days later oh wow you have like this brain thing she had like a head wrap on it was like oh my god i just couldn't imagine like me seeing that was enough. Me seeing a fucking opened casket from, like, ew, with a shriveled, like, oh, no. Nope. <laughs> I just, I am. No, thank you.
1: The host would give an introduction or lecture, and then they'd start slowly unrolling the bandages. And as the layers peeled away, they'd occasionally find trinkets and amulets, which were usually given to the guests as party favors. <gasps> Stop! Stop! Are you serious? Yeah, I remember when you said, where'd you get that decoration? Go-? Yeah, that. Oh, oh my god. Oh, I got it
0: from a mummy. <laughs> oh my god, sorry. I thought you meant like you found something at a fucking estate sale. Oh no. I no. was like, god oh, damn it. No wonder there's shit near. here. Okay, okay. If somebody gave somebody's amulet away. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude. That so was wrapped with their dead body. That's like for protection. Yeah. Oh my god, these people are fucked. Don't worry, though, if you didn't get an
1: amulet, they would give pieces of the wrappings as souvenirs.
0: Okay. Okay. Oh my god, no wonder everyone has so much ancestral shit. I said this last episode, like, god, they fucking... Oh, I can't.
1: Yeah, so they would really take their time with the unwrapping, and the host would explain what they knew of the mummifying process at the time. They would discuss what the state of the skin meant about the time period or weather conditions, and they would point out if there were still hair or other parts that were particularly well-preserved. I saw one record that claimed once the mummy was fully unwrapped, they lifted it off the table into a standing position
0: and began walking the corpse (gasps) around the room and having him shake hands with the guests. (gasps) Oh my god, KQ, fucking sync. You know, the puppet video or whatever? Is it sync or is it Backstreet Boys? You know, they're like this. It was, that was just a little bit before my time. I'm so sorry. No! Oh my God, you fucking Gen Z. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm not a Gen Z.
1: It's, don't, it's not. <laughs> you are. I'm
0: not a Gen Z. I'm on the
1: cusp, it's fine. Yeah, we're in a weird.
0: We're in a weird gray dynamic. zone. Yeah.
1: We're in a weird millennial gray zone. <laughs> I think you are more a millennial than I am, but I'm I still don't like to say that I'm a Gen Z. I'm still, ni- I'm still in the 90s, Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> whatever you say girl uh yeah so made the mummy shake hands with the guests real classy very sensitive to the fact that you're desecrating a dead body for entertainment
0: (laughs) just the hand falls off you're like hey how's it? oh my fucking god (laughs) you just go home you're like "Mm, this is a cool party favor (laughs) yep pretty much
1: In more modern times, scientists can x-ray and scan a mummy well enough that they can find pretty much all the same information about it without having to unwrap the poor thing. Okay, good. So, the party's done. Now, what to do with the unwrapped mummy? This is going to sound even stranger than what I've just described, but both Europeans and Egyptians in the Victorian era, and even long before, considered mummies to be an unlimited natural resource. So they would just throw it in the trash or maybe the fireplace to burn. After the
0: party? Yep. Oh my god. Talk about a sacrifice.
1: <laughs> yeah, they just literally... Oh. Like, I can't even... I mean, I'm going to explain more, but like, it was... They were just considered to be an a natural resource that was unlimited.
0: Oh my god. Well, like, okay, technically not the mommy part but dead people are an unlimited resource because (laughs) Because everybody is born and everybody dies okay so unlimited resource for sure there's like so many people on this planet but mummified people
1: yeah that is not unlimited people that died in ancient egypt and were mummified are not an unlimited resource you're correct that dead people are but specifically ancient egyptian mummies not a unlimited resource no oh my god mummies were actually used for all sorts of crazy things. In fact, when researching this, I found an article titled Seven Surprising Uses for Mummies, as if they were writing a BuzzFeed listicle on Passion Fruit or something.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can't. Are you ready? hmm Here are all the
1: things mummies were used for. So, their wrappings were used to make paper during the American Civil War. <gasps> Cat mummies especially were used as fertilizer. Oh my fucking God. Yep. They're eating that shit. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, just wait. This one is very debated as to the truth of it because the source is a Mark Twain book. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But he claimed that the first trains in Egypt were fueled by burning
0: mummies. No. Yep. No. Yep. That can't be possible.
1: This is, this is a quote from the book. Okay, ready? Yep. 3,000 years old, purchased by the ton or by the graveyard for that purpose. And sometimes one hears the profane engineer call out pettishly, damn these plebeians. They don't burn worth a cent. Pass out a king. (laughs) What the fuck? Okay, they did not. I don't know. That just seems like such a lie. Yeah, it seems like a white person thing that, that a white person said about, another culture that they didn't understand, even though they were the ones going there to take mummies as a resource. How would that even fuel the train? It's like coal, I guess. No. I don't know, man. No, they, Mark Twain lied. Yeah, it's, there's no proof of that being a thing, but it was in his book, so people (sighs) like to claim that it really
0: happened. Oh, Jesus.
1: This is one of the main ones people know about. Mummies were used to make a paint that was called, of course, mummy brown. I did not know that. Ew. It is apparently a difficult color to replicate, so they used real mummies for it up until about the 1960s. Oh my god. And they only stopped because they were finally running out of mummies. Shockingly, mummies were in fact not an unlimited resource. Yeah, what? Okay, wait, you're telling me that they use the actual
0: dead bodies to create the color? Yes. Or to color match? No, to, to make the paint oh my god you're gonna paint your fucking house in mommy brown and then you're gonna wonder why it's haunted like, okay no no they wouldn't paint their
1: house with it it would be used in like oil painting so oh. they're like <laughs> still fucked still fucked but i'm just imagining like ooh, hey, let's just smear dead bodies all over the walls like like what the hell um i meant to look this up but like there are definitely famous paintings that are painted with mummy. <laughs> like i don't oh i, Mona I feel Lisa. like I'm, i was gonna say i feel
0: like it would be more well known if there was Mummy brown paint in there but it's possible i just heard that in my head and it's no it's not the only painting that is famous that i know <laughs> let me look it up Fair. i want to see mona lisa uses mommy wait don't don't google it
1: because i'm afraid you might accidentally find the next thing i'm gonna say I'll, but i'll i'll we can look it up later okay i've been forgetting to send you photos also so i'm gonna send you a couple photos so i just sent you an invitation to a mummy party a mummy unwrapping party oh jesus in the group chat
0: lord lundisborough what the hell people just send this out as like a little invitation first of all it was like like a dinner party they should have designed this shit on canva that is terrible (laughs) first of all second of all like that's just so weird i just can't get over it but also do you see the stars at the top Yeah, what does that mean? No, I don't know. Just remind me of America. (laughs)
1: It does. I I was thinking that too. (laughs) It does give America back. Cut that up. That's probably so bad. (laughs) It's fine. Um, Here's a photo of like a painting that was depicting a mummy unwrapping party. (gasps) They're so close. Oh yeah, they were up in there. Here is a photo of in Egypt someone selling mummies.
0: Uh, oh my God. Okay, first of all, at the bottom. Oh, and that looked like a genie lamp. <laughs> like you're rubbing it for your three wishes. Do you see that look right there? Oh yeah, like the pot yeah, yeah. at the bottom. Yeah, but I think it's just like a spout. Oh my god, maybe it's a spout to pour out the blood. Mummies wouldn't have blood. I know. I don't know <laughs> why is that there then. I'm creeped out. This is freaking me out. Yeah. <gasps> and the um, rib cage. Ah, how are they standing by wire? No, they were like dried. They
1: were frozen like that. So they're just, oh my God. I'm going to send you a photo now of mummy brown paint. Oh God. (gasps) So this is like a comparison. They're like, you know, we could try to use other things, but we just can't get that same color of paint. So we're just going to
0: keep using mummies. Why? Because
1: they couldn't replicate it with another, like the pigment was, I don't know, not as good.
0: You don't need a brown such as this one. Like, why do you need to use a dead body to create a paint?
1: Yeah, it was literally people
0: until the 1960s fucked man in the 60s like oh my god dude
1: there was also an artist that responded to his discovery of the actual origins of the pigment by giving his tube of paint a ceremonial burial
0: in his backyard which is kind of nice I think. yeah i was gonna say that's actually respectful you're like okay you know what but also why would you use it in the first place if you were gonna have a whole ceremony to bury it after
1: well some people didn't know that it was actually mummies even though it was called mummy brown oh okay people some people didn't know that it was actually made out of mummies
0: you imagine touching that with your fingers trying to be creative and shit you're like you're having like a wine and paint night and you're just like here let me just just make all these like cute little things and then you're like oh my god i have dead body fucking smeared on my hands i'm not putting this in here but you did use period blood <laughs> so you can put it in there that yeah but it's my own period blood for my own magical workings <laughs> not someone else's dead fucking body that is true i would rather you use period blood than i will touch my period blood to the end of my, <laughs> uh, to the end of time okay okay i do got it all right but dead body Understand.
1: paint <laughs> yeah I, I would i would prefer period blood over dead body um <laughs> Some of these uses started even before the Victorian era. Mummy paint was used starting in the 1500s. Oh my god. The last use is the craziest one to me, especially since it started in the 11th century. Can you guess what this last use of ground-up mummies may be, Sabrina?
0: Hmm. Coffee.
1: Close. Really? Yep. Stop. Okay. Let me guess one more time. Soil. People used to eat mummies as medicine. (sighs)
0: what this is the that's the original lion's mane mushroom to, to help build neural pathways you actually just have to consume a fucking dead human yes. oh my god you could purchase
1: medicinal ground mummy for thousands of years oh for what what was the medical
0: purpose of that
1: so this actually started in the 11th century the reason people thought that ground up mummy was an effective treatment for ailments was actually because of a mistranslation And I will get to what they used it for in a minute. So in Persia, there was a mineral found on a single mountainside that is essentially bitumen or asphalt. Okay. And they called it mummia. Okay. It was called that based on their word for wax, which was mum. So did not have anything to do with mummies, just was named mummia. Okay. The substance was used for a variety of medical purposes but when western europeans began translating islamic texts they mistranslated mummia as a substance exuded from preserved
0: bodies in egyptian tombs oh my god so, <laughs> so you, wait a minute they're like let's just steal their their practice of their medical practices is that what you're saying but they mistranslated it That's so they I'm didn't just... even get the right thing Oh my god, so yeah, let's just steal their medical practices. They seem healthy over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. does it say fucking consume dead bodies? Cannibalism! Yay! Like what the hell? Oh, oh just was wait. The thought process on that. Drop the ball for sure.
1: Mistranslation and medical misunderstandings combined with another false but long-standing belief that the human body contained properties that could heal other humans. For a very long time, humans practiced what is now known as medical cannibalism. <laughs> you were not even off track
0: (laughs) oh my god fuck okay uh do you have epilepsy give powdered skull or gladiator's blood a try oh my god i was thinking skull cap no i'm just kidding because that's like a popular herb but not oh but it's like a mushroom no skull cap's not a mushroom no it's just a herb definitely not a part of a real human being at all (laughs) because and then uh (laughs) gladiator's blood more like dragon's blood modern day everyone uses that in their work
1: too no okay wait there's actually a thing called skull cap
0: yeah skull cap it's like a a herb that a lot of witches use in their practice and then uh dragon's blood too
1: Uh, okay there is, nice. I won't get into it now, but there is a whole thing about, you know, like the, the classic, like, which is like, I of newt and whatever. That was
0: apparently okay. like, well, I
1: well, have no, it. <laughs> they wouldn't actually use those ingredients, but in order to write down their recipes, but keep it a secret, I of newt was actually like a herb. So like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. I'm just like, oh
1: God. So yeah, if you're trying to, cure some more things. Do you suffer from gout or bruising? Human fat will help. Are you bleeding? Slap some powdered blood on there. Oh my god. Also, the reason why the skull cap thing was interesting. Moss that specifically grew on human skulls will stop nosebleeds.
0: Oh yeah, the audience cannot see my face right now, but I am in <laughs> I am in awe of this. This is like oh why?
1: I could do a whole episode on medical cannibalism, honestly. But let's talk about what mummy was used for. Honestly, mummy was often perceived as kind of a cure-all, and as one of my favorite podcasts likes to say, cure-alls cure nothing. If you want to learn more about medical history in a similar format to ours, by the way, I highly recommend Sawbones, but here are some of the more specific uses for Mumia.
0: Wait, Sawbones is a podcast?
1: Yes. Okay. It's a <laughs> Sawbones is a podcast where it's a husband and wife, and the wife is a doctor, okay. and she explains things to her husband, who doesn't... So it's like, like I'm the wife and you're the husband. It's a similar format, is what okay. I mean.
0: Okay, I like roleplay. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> kidding. <laughs> mean no Uh, so yeah mummia was placed on the skin to heal venomous bites and joint pain and rubbed into wounds to stop bleeding it was ingested for headaches heart attacks coughs reducing swelling and curing the plague oh my god oh and i'll be all like jesus yeah so you know anything you you feeling not well just pop a little mummy tab in your mouth (laughs) Ew.
0: Yo, the person who translated that is so fucked. Imagine the amount of people that consume that stuff. Like, I would have, like, I would haunt that guy for sure when I die.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are people Some who flesh. didn't
0: know that mummy was
1: mummies. Like, I'm sure that it, they didn't actually know that it was mummies. But oh, um, also, I just thought when I was saying pop a mummy pill in your mouth, <laughs> forget popping Molly. Yeah. What about popping mummies? Pop a mob. <laughs> Papa a a pill. (laughs)
0: I'm dead. (laughs) Not sweating.
1: Yeah, I have to imagine that some people didn't know that they had bought mummy and it was actually mummies, but a lot of people would have for sure known and wanted to ingest mummy. I
0: know, that's why you gotta, like, read everything. Like, I read all the labels. I read all the instructions. I read everything.
1: Oh, girl, there were no... There was a (sighs) label that said, this can cure cancer, and there was no ingredients. (laughs) There was nothing. They, Yo, I would have died. They did kind of not day. need to put any ingredients on anything. They could lie about the ingredients. Like there's no regulation. Not long after mummies started being used, the demand got so high that people would make fake mummies and pass it off as genuine. Arts and crafts <laughs> Like why? Grave robbers would embalm bodies with salt and drugs, dry them in an oven, then ground them into <gasps> powder. Dry them in an oven? Yup. What kind of fucking Like oven? speed, like speed mummy them. Like speed mummify no, them. No, what I'm just thinking, like, who has a fucking oven big enough?
0: Okay, I know who. People back then,
1: yeah. <laughs> just kidding.
0: <laughs> cut that shit out, cut that shit out, yes.
1: This fake mummia was made in various ways and in various amounts pretty much the whole time that people wanted to eat mummies. So your mummia could be an actual Egyptian
0: pharaoh or bob down the street. <laughs> At least I can say the effectiveness of both was equal. No, you know what? I feel like if you consumed Bob down the street, you'd just have like a little bit of like, I don't know, homophobia or something. But if you <laughs> if you consumed a mummy, you'd you get the wisdom from them, you know? Or like, I don't know, a mummy of like a pharaoh is what I meant to say.
1: Sure, but like there weren't that many pharaohs. If you bought really expensive mummia and they were like this is a pharaoh, it wasn't. Imagine. You're it like, fucking wasn't. I got
0: the golden ticket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got the pharaoh. Okay. I'm yeah. Mumia was used as medicine for around 500 years in total and could be purchased up until 1924. <laughs> oh my God. The last pharmacy to carry it was Firma E. Merrick in Germany.
0: <gasps> oh, shut up. Oh my god! Sorry, don't shut up. But I, I literally was just thinking about my grandma, and I was like, "Damn, I wish my grandma was alive so I could ask her about this, because yeah. she probably would have known." And she was a nurse in Germany. Yep. At that time,
1: 1924, Germany, you could buy mummy, and a kilo would cost you twelve gold marks. I don't know the translate the the currency rate right there, but it was probably pretty expensive by then. Oh
0: my god, yo, we should use a Ouija board and ask my grandma. <laughs> no, for real, <laughs> I'm actually curious. Wait,
1: I should look up the, I should have looked up the translation of 12 gold marks. Hold on. I did just try to look up the currency exchange for 12 gold marks, and it's not a currency used anymore, so I honestly cannot find the conversion. If someone knows it and wants to send it in, I will read it on another episode, but I cannot figure it out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I assumed that it was, like, fairly expensive.
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think it would probably be super expensive. I have to say that
1: while I think some holistic medicine has been proven to be effective, length of time used in history does
0: not necessarily indicate its effectiveness. No, it doesn't. Like, think about... They thought... We were just talking about this the other day. They thought that um, asbestos was really good to use. Yep. All the time. And uh, what's it called? What's that? Oh, DDT. They would literally spray DDT everywhere, put it in people's homes, like have huge trucks of it just trailing off. And it's like so so toxic and it fucking ruined the environment so bad like the whole book that rachel carson wrote like a silent spring was based on ddt like so fucking terrible for the environment oh my god we
1: really as a society still today do not like to do proper research on things before we um put it out into the world and let people use it
0: no i know that's why i'm like that's why i always try to like research things too and like see like all sides of it because if you don't then it's like (sighs) There's always gonna be that one person that's like, oh, I will die for this. This is so great. Like, you should use this every single day. And it's like, ooh. <laughs> what's no.
1: The, there's the, what's the one people, uh, colloidal silver? You know about that one?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I know. <sighs> Somebody put that up their nose.
1: Oh, people ingest it. And if you ingest too much, A, you die, and B, you turn blue. I guess oh, you turn blue first before you die. So, A, you turn blue, and B, you die. But, you know.
0: No, that's so crazy. Yeah, I think they use it to like help with uh, nasal blockage, like if you're really really sick or something like that. Yeah, it's like a nasal spray, is it not? It's you should it's
1: it's poisonous. You shouldn't you I, use it at all. I know. You just mean like, but like people, people use it, use for, it that. for that, okay? Like in yeah, the yeah. spray form. Okay, I was worried for a second. Have <laughs> I was like, what if you put up your nose, Sabrina? That in the cabinet. It's like, what if you put up your nose, Sabrina?
0: Definitely not that or anything for that matter.
1: Uh, okay. And that's my overview of all things Victorians did with mummies. I hope you found it as interesting as I do. Now, to give you a witchy question, Sabrina, to wrap us up, we were talking about amulets earlier. What
0: do you know about them? Well, okay, I feel like a lot of people ask me this. Like, what's the difference between an amulet and a talisman, first of all? So I'm just going to say that first. So first of all, they're both objects that have magical properties. Like, they differ in their purposes, though. So like an amulet, people usually wear them or carry them on them kind of thing um, as a protective charm to ward off negative energies, entities, negativity in general, or even sometimes to bring good luck. But on the other hand, a talisman is often created or charged with like a specific purpose. Um, So like if you wanted to attract success or attract love or positivity in your life, then you would use a talisman for that. So amulets are more focused on protection while talismans are imbued with a specific intention um, or power kind of thing. So I would say back then especially like they would have worn amulets to protect them as like a safe journey on their passage of between life and death so like the fact that they were like giving people's amulets away oh my god that's so disrespectful that's like the height like the most disrespectful thing you could have done probably
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, those people were buried thinking, I mean, the whole purpose of mummifying people at the time, they weren't obsessed with death, they were obsessed with life. And they believed if they were prepared properly and given the proper, you know, currency and stuff, like, then they could live forever in the afterlife. So by following their beliefs, like, unwrapping them and taking all this stuff off of them meant that their time in the afterlife ended. They did not get to be in the afterlife until the end of time. That is not. Yeah. People didn't make mummies back then. People didn't take their loved ones and mummify them thinking, "Oh, some fucking white guy is going <laughs> to come here in a few hundred years and ground my aunt up." Like they didn't Oh my god. That was not
0: Yeah, they weren't what thinking they about wanted. that. Yeah, no. No, that's fair. Well, this is the last thing I'm going to say. Um, you see this that I'm wearing? Yeah, I'm going to be buried with this. Okay? If I ever die before you, you do not let anyone take this shit off. Okay? Got Deal. it? <laughs> i will do that yeah i'm actually making um a protective talisman with a spell around it for protection like i'm charging it with protection quality so i'm gonna be doing that for a client soon too and i'm making her like a specialized oil for that too so if you ever need any protection oils hit your girl up (laughs) good to know uh okay
1: That brings us to the end of our second episode. Thank you so much if you've continued listening. And if you want to hear more about the weirdest aspects of the Victorian era, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at Conjuring Curiosities on Instagram and TikTok. I will have the photos from this episode posted. If you have any suggestions for future topics you want to hear covered or if you want some spiritual advice answered by Sabrina, send us a DM on the podcast accounts. My personal social media accounts are Clara's Vintage Closet on both Instagram and
0: TikTok. And mine is Modern Witch Alchemy on Instagram and TikTok as well, so you can follow me there. And if you have any further questions or you want to see different spell work that I perform, then check it out. Thanks again for listening, and stay curious. Conjuring Curiosities is researched and edited by Clara Herbert, with spiritual advice provided by myself, Sabrina, the Modern Day Witch. All sources are linked in the show notes. Our disclaimer is written and narrated by John Kennedy. And our theme music is Pumpkin Hollow by Pecan Pie.